everybody, and welcome back to First and Goal, the hardest-hitting upcoming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Saturday, June 4th in the year 2022, and today we are coming at you with all kinds of news throughout the week. We want to get another episode in here to y'all, and we'll also have a little film study at the end with the Clemson Tigers, but uh, got a lot to get into today, starting off with uh, Greg Sankey talking about the potential timeline for decisions on the SEC football schedule. We got the CBS the CBS prediction for your ACC championship game, basically your conference winner from each conferences, and a lot more stuff. But before we get into any of that, let me go ahead and introduce you to my co-host joining me. As always, the one, the only, Big Rob. How's it going, brother? What's going on, everybody? Happy Saturday to y'all. When y'all listen, this is probably going to be Sunday morning, but hey, happy weekend to y'all anyway. How's it going? Oh, man. I hope everybody's weekend is going as good as ours have so far. It's been a damn good one. Yes, sir. Got a family member graduate high school. It's always a good weekend when you get to spend time with other family members and all, especially at a special occasion like one graduating, getting their high school diploma, getting ready to go off to college. You yes, see that new world, man. Yes, sir. It's a big <clears throat> new world out there for you. You know, I tell you what, man, it's, you know, especially for a kid these days, man, you know it's got to be scary getting out there in the world. Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. Hell, I'm 30 years old, and these bills nowadays, every time I look at a fuel pump, it still scares the shit out of me. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> you oh, ain't lying. Oh, Kenworth drinks the hell out of it, man, I got to tell you. <laughs> but uh, before I go any further, I just want to take a moment real quick and wish my wife my very beautiful, very lovely, amazing wife. A happy early birthday to her. If she listens to this, I just <laughs> want to say I hope your weekend was as good as you could have hoped it to have been. Happy birthday to you. Oh, God. Don't don't torture the viewers with your singing, Rob. <laughs> right. They already got to listen to us. That's probably tough enough. <laughs> but uh, I recommend we'll kick it off down there. Destin, Florida this past week, the SEC had their spring meetings. And yes, sir. A lot of interesting things. And uh, got a little piece from Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, talked with the reporters Friday, told them that the conference's decision on the future football scheduling will not be made until later this summer or maybe even midway through the fall. So we're still probably a year, maybe two, hell, maybe even three years out on this thing. But uh, – from what I'm reading, they're looking, trying to get it where it's a eight or nine game conference format, and you'll have at least one permanent opponent, if not possibly three permanent opponents per season, and the rest of the remaining teams rotating every year. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, <clears throat> on Tuesday, Lane Kiffin actually confirmed these numbers that it's pretty much been narrowed down to these two formats. The eight-game format would have one permanent opponent, and then the rest would be rotating games. And then once you get to that nine-man format, like you said, it's going to be the three-game permanent opponents, and then everybody else rotates out. And then, of course, you'll have a few teams that's going to be outside of the league. But, yeah, it looks like they're trying to make it more of an SEC schedule, kind of like it was during Uncle COVID year. Pretty much, pretty much, which, I mean, I guess – when you're as prestigious of a conference as the SEC is, I mean, where the money's at and everything else, where you get all your 
big time games on ESPN and all these television channels. Let's face it, man, it's, it's SEC versus SEC competition. Absolutely. But it seems like uh, they have been getting a little bit of pushback on the nine game from what I've read and what I understand is the eight game model with one permanent opponent has had a lot more support throughout the spring than the nine game. And I mean, if you really think about it, about it, I actually agree with that, and I like that thought because if you go to nine games, that leaves you three out of conference opponents. So you got so many schools. I mean, you look at Carolina, for instance. Yep. You got your nine game slate, and then one of your out of game put one of your out of conference games. You got to play Clemson. That's going to be a top ten opponent, top fifteen opponent annually. Yep. So that only leaves you two other games. And, I mean, you start squeezing in a game against Virginia Tech, I think, in 2025. Mm-hmm. And you never know. They always have a tough opponent here and there. I mean, you never know when they might try to squeeze in a Miami or something of that stature. Mm-hmm. So it really makes it a little tougher on some of these schools with their out-of-conference games. I mean, just like George Bulldogs, they play Notre Dame this year. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Notre Dame, start <laughs> season off. Yep, starting out at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. All right, you're starting off the year at Notre Dame. No, got, no, 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 it's Oregon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, right, Oregon. Who the hell's playing Notre Dame to start the year off? Somebody is. I can't remember shit. Was it Miami? Might be. It might be, but I can't. I, I have to look into that for you, but no, the, uh, Georgia starts off at Oregon. Okay, we're well, starting off at Oregon. Do you know they're going to play Georgia Tech? Because that's their in-state rival. I mean, really, that one leaves them room for one out-of-conference game. I mean, what if you want to squeeze in? It makes it hard to schedule in somebody like an Ohio State or anything like that because when you think about it, you got these Division Two, II, Division Three, um, hell, even Division One, Two A schools. You got to find a way to squeeze them in the schedule because I mean, a lot of those real small programs, that's where they get the money for their programs is from the SEC. Yeah, and it might not be the funnest games to watch, but at the same time, a lot of your coaches—that's where they come from—these lower leagues, and I mean. Hell, a lot of players get exposure in these games. So you hate to see them lose it. It's not always the best quality of games, but at the same time, who says these small teams can't win? I mean, hell, 2015, Citadel beat South Carolina. Georgia Southern beat Florida one year. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times these little small schools can pull off some upsets throughout the year. They really can, man. You know, the only thing with going with a format like this is it does take away from the notoriety that these smaller schools would get. And, you know, I get it. The SEC and ESPN have a TV contract, I believe, for another five, six years. And, you know, they're, they're trying to get as much money out of this TV time as what ESPN can possibly can. you got to think of it as a partnership. Who in their right mind is going to watch a, let's just for, say an example, a South Carolina versus a Georgia State? Whether well, then they could on, have a... Hold on now. Georgia State, that's Division One. They, they're a pretty decent team, especially with Sean right, right now. Right. But when you could see, say, a South Carolina and, say, an Arkansas... Every week. I give you that. I give you that completely. I'm saying I can see more so Georgia State, that's some, that's one of the schools that pulls off a lot of upsets. So people might would tune in to watch Georgia State, but I get what you're saying there. Honey. Yeah. All right, how, okay, so South Carolina and Coastal Carolina. 
I mean, Coastal Carolina, Rob, they've been a top 15 team. Well, <laughs> okay. Let, South Car- How about South Carolina and a Charleston Southern? There you go. We'll go with the Charleston <laughs> Southern or well, I can't even say them because we got beat the last time they played them. No, they didn't. No, not not, not uh, Charleston Southern. I think it's Citadel. Um, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Citadel. Okay, okay. I thought you were saying Charleston Southern because <laughs> I said, come on now. We've had some depressing times, but it ain't it not has not hit that level. Right, right. But no, I mean you got to think of it from a money aspect. It's just what I'm going after. I mean you're you're going to want to see your Georgias and your Alabamas play. You want to see your Arkansas and your Ole Miss play on a regular basis. You want to, and, and with this format, what they're going to do is they're going to keep it fresh. They're going to keep teams rotating in and out. That way you don't see an LSU and a Florida play every six years. That's right. I mean, with a three-game permanent opponent kind of deal, if it was three games that they did a nine-game schedule, I could see it being like if uh, – I want to say Carolina, for instance, because I'm a Carolina fan. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Carolina, you'd more than likely see them playing, say, uh, Tennessee and a Kentucky and Probably Florida and Georgia every year. Hell, maybe Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida every year for permanent opponents. Right. Which, boy, that'd be whew, that'd be a little rough. And it's better than the pod that they were working, not the pod, but the reformat of the thing that they were talking about doing in the beginning to putting Arkansas, or not Arkansas, but Alabama and Auburn into the east and adding Oklahoma and Texas into the west. That's right. But, hell, when they do all this, there won't even be an east and west no more. It's just no. going to be one. Big conference. Yep. Which is going to make it a little bit difficult to figure out who that conference championship is going to be. It would, but at the same time, I don't think it might make it a little easier, if anything, because you got them changing opponents every other year. So it's not like you got South Carolina that plays Arkansas only every six or seven years, or South Carolina, Mississippi State never play. Right. You'd be having them every, every other year. At least every once every three years, they're going to be playing. Yep. So it does kind of even the competition a little bit. It also makes it where you got schools like Alabama, nothing against them, but it's going to make it where they got a lot more significant competition throughout yeah. the season. Yeah. So I don't know. All that stuff, it could be very exciting, it could be very good for football. It could be a living hell for Vanderbilt. Yeah. I mean, you ain't got but 12 games in a season. <laughs> yeah, poor old Vandy, man. They're, they're in for a world of hurt. Eight of them, SEC, boy, that's that make it real difficult for old Vandy to find a bowl game again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Vandy just, I mean, and you never know what could happen. I mean, they could wind up, you know, getting good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of things have happened. They, you know, they, they could come around. You know, the recent coaching changes that's happened down there in Vandy. You just never really know. Well, it seems like it wasn't that long ago, man, where Vandy had Tennessee's number, and they were going to the Volunteers every year, if not every other year, upsetting the Volunteers. And, hell, they was going to bowl games pretty regular for a while there. Yep. So. You are right. I can see you there, but I just all this news, man, coming out of there it just makes it feel that much sweeter. It feels like football season's that much closer. Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. But that being said, man, 
Well, we'll talk a little bit, change gears, switch over to the ACC for a minute, get a little news out of there. Talking about Virginia Tech, I seen an interesting article posted by Doug Dow. Mm-hmm. Couldn't help but read it. It was very interesting, very good article. Absolutely. Talking about how uh, this year, so far, Virginia Tech has basically out-recruited the Virginia Cavaliers pretty much by a landslide. Oh, yeah. And normally you would say, well, Tech's a better athletic school. They should. But at the same time, Virginia's had a little bit better program the last couple of years. And this this coming into this season here, they both have new coaching staffs. So you would think it'd be a little bit of an even playing field. Well, not not even close so far, man. So I just I find it to be very interesting because if you look at the recruiting numbers, all right, right now, as of this moment, the recruiting rankings for 2023 recruiting classes, which we're still a long ways from the finish. Yeah. But right now, Brent Pry, your new head coach of Virginia Tech, is sitting at number 28 in the nation. But you look over Virginia with 28 with Tony Elliott, and they're sitting at number 76. Yeah. That's a little bit scary for Virginia. That's not where you want to be, man. No. I mean, no, not, not, not in the summertime. I mean, it's really not. And number 28 ain't exactly where you want to be, but at the same time, that's pretty good for your first actual recruiting class. It's respectable. Right. In the top half of the nation, I mean, you look right now, they got eight three-star recruits, four of which are from the state of Virginia, including mm-hmm. wide receiver slash defensive back. He's an athlete, Marcel Taylor from Radford, mm-hmm. which is, hell, 45 minutes an hour. Because let me think, when I went up there, I went to Radford one night, I went to Virginia Tech another night, back in my wilder days. <laughs> and they, um, I'll say it's about 45 minutes apart. Might be no, it's about an hour because I was in Floyd and Radford was about thirty-five minutes from Floyd. I want to say Blacksburg was about forty. Okay, so we'll say an hour. Okay. So I mean, still hometown kid, less than an hour, hour less than an hour away. Then you got your offensive lineman Haynes Hammer from North Cross in Roanoke, Virginia. That's a hell of an offensive lineman name, and Hammer. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that. It's just, you got some of these guys, man. When you're coming out for such a bad stretch, like Virginia Tech's had the last couple of years, yeah, they were bowl eligible. But they have not been the same. They have not been the same Virginia Tech team really since 20, what, 2018 probably? I'd say 16, 17, 18, somewhere around right there. had a great first and second year. He had a really good first and second year, I would say. And then after that, man, it's just... A very steady downhill slide. I mean, this past year started the season off with a massive upset mm-hmm. over North Carolina, which, not to brag, we might have called it. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but on the tape. Yes, sir. But even then, they got off to such a great start, and then the rest of the season is just stagnant. Like pond water out there, man. It just. It was not a good product on the field. It's like they took that North Carolina win and really just ran with it for the rest of the season and, you know, called that their championship, really, it seemed like. Exactly, man. It's just – I don't – I don't really care 
for how they handle that. And I mean, that's kind of been their MO the last couple of years. They pull off an upset over somebody they weren't supposed to beat. But then after that, I mean, where do you go? Right. You really can't. So it just it makes it it makes it difficult why this team would be getting recruits so much more than Virginia. Like why they would be ranked so much higher. You want my honest opinion? What? I really think that the energy that Brent Pratt has brought to Virginia Tech has just really stuck and is really resonating from around you know, around the building or, you know, around his team. And he just, he just seems to make himself more of a, a coach's, you know, a player's coach, really. Yeah, I can agree with that. And, um, I'll tell you another thing I can't help wonder a little bit is people, a lot of people say nobody pays attention to the spring game. Mm-hmm. I love spring football. Mm-hmm. It's my first chance to get a look at film with new players, new schemes, the whole nine yards. You can say what you want, but I don't give a damn. You study the film, you study it hard and really pay attention. You can get a very good idea on what you're looking at for the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did it last year. Just about, I'd say a good 80% of the teams we predicted was damn near dead on the money. Yeah. Just off spring games. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of these high school athletes are going to spring games. I mean, a lot of them are probably visiting both Virginia and Virginia Tech, being recruited by the same schools. I would certainly hope so, at least. Yeah. You think they don't watch these spring games? And I mean, you look at the Virginia Tech game, the crowd they had in the spring oh, was, was massive. That's probably one of the most electric spring games I've ever seen as far as crowd noise and all goes. It was pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. And the energy just flowed the whole game. Never let up. Absolutely. And then you look at the Who's <laughs> over there at the University of Virginia, the Cavaliers, and it was quite the opposite, honestly. The crowd wasn't really there like you'd like to see. Tony Elliott didn't really have that the energy that I would like to see, really. The energy was there. He just didn't seem to have the confidence about him. He didn't have that authority about him. Yeah. He didn't just strike me to have that authority. and I mean, Authority is a good word. They made adjustments at halftime and really put a lot better product on the field, a lot better product on the field the second half of that game. But you went through two quarters that was, I mean, damn, damn hard mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. Especially when you got guys that are potential All-Americans with Brendan Armstrong and whatnot. When you see them struggling – this, this ain't a rookie. And, and I'm sorry, but with Brennan Armstrong out there throwing as many passes as, he's, as he did in the first half, well, that, that would just worry me that he's going to throw out his rotator or, or something's going to happen later on in the season throwing that many passes early. Yeah, I'm telling you, it just – it was very strange. It was a very strange mm-hmm. vibe, but – I just article. If you really get a chance to read on read online, it's a very interesting article. I'm not going to dive into everything because it goes into a lot of basketball, comparing basketball groups between both schools, baseball and everything else. And I'm just a football kind of guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. But I just I found that to be very interesting when you got two schools in the same state 
both have new coaches, you would think it would be a lot closer than that, especially when there are trials. Yeah. But that being said, man, uh, we got some more breaking news coming out of Columbia, South Carolina. Good old Columbia. Wide receiver Jalen Brooks has come back to the program after his lengthy absence since October of 2021. Damn right. I mean, if you're the University of South Carolina, you got to love seeing that because – the last two seasons, really, the receiver room was a bit of a weakness with the Gamecock football team. And this past year, it came a good ways with guys stepping up like Xavier Leggett, Kerryon Joyner, Josh Mann was a huge playmaker this past year. Josh Mann's still open. Oh, yeah. He's still open. <laughs> For all those Florida fans out there. I don't know why you got picked on him, Rob. But, hey, it's one of the few times that I'm able to. Jalen Brooks last year looked just as good. Is all of them last year at the beginning of the season. I mean, that catch he made against Georgia last year was second to none. I'm telling you, man. Very extremely talented player. And then out of nowhere, I mean, right there in the middle, smack middle of the season, early October, he was basically released from the team. I don't know. I wouldn't say that he was actually released from the team. He just took a leave of absence you know, for personal reasons, it, it, I've not really been able to find what those personal reasons are. But, you know, going out of the season, it was asked each week if he's going to be back or what's going on with him. He says, you know, right now he's just not with the team for personal reasons. We hope to have him back soon. He's not with the program at this point. Yep. And it's just this – it's very interesting how he's been gone. And you really hate to see it because as talented as he was. But if he is back, I mean, you look at the additions they got in that wide receiver room. I mean, you got Miriam Brown coming back for a second year with the Gamecocks after learning this program, who really was starting to turn a page towards the end of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Got Josh Van coming back. You got Juice Wells, Antoine Wells. Yep. Corey Rucker. Xavier Leggett. Josh Van's back. You still got the carry on joiner. Yep. You bring in Jalen Brooks with all the shoes. I mean, Bring in Landon Sampson. Landon Sampson coming. He had a four-star recruit out of Texas. He was a five-star at one point there last mm-hmm. year. Incredible receiving talent down there. And not including these tight ends they got, man. I mean, Jaheim Bell, Austin Stogner. Yep. It went from the receiving game being a little bit of a question mark last year to this year saying, oh, shit. Yeah. You got, you got a five-star quarterback back there. A loaded receiver room, loaded tight end room, mm-hmm. loaded running back room. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shane Beamer sitting there saying, all hands on deck, mashing the gas to the floor, if you will. Shane Beamer saying, I love it when a plane comes together. Yes, sir. This Shane train is starting to put off a lot of smoke. It's maniacal laugh. But, yeah, man, I mean, the only question that you have down there in South Carolina is that offensive line, but I tell you what, man, they, the offensive line looks really good for them, too. It really does. But this Jalen Brooks situation, I just I, what I find interesting about this is just in March, three months ago, Shane Beamer was asked about him, and he said, at this moment, all I can tell you is he's not with the program. Mm-hmm. But then last week, before they went to Destin, they was asked again about Jalen Brooks at a game clock, Gamecock Club event in Florence, South Carolina, and his response was, We'll address that as we get into the month of June. He said we should have a lot more clarity on that once we get in June. There should be a lot more clarity very soon coming from that. And it makes me – it's really got a lot of question marks, man. Like, is this 
Are, were you waiting for a court date or? Yeah. Was it, was it a personal issue and you were waiting to get cleared? Medical could have been a medical thing you were waiting to get cleared from. I mean, well, you would think that with the medical thing, you wouldn't say that he's not with the program due to personal reasons. Well, I mean, I'm saying you never know. He might have got injured and then thought he was got to step away from the game of football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you always got to think of mental health and everything else, man. That's true. But, but yeah, man. I mean, I mean, he Brooks showed a hell of a whole lot of athleticism out there, and I'm glad to have him back. I really am. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean. You think about it. The reports are he's been it with the team doing off-season workouts this week since they started. So that's that's great news to be back for off-season workouts if that's true. That'll be great news. Give him plenty of time to bond with his teammates, new teammates, everything else. Still got a lot of time to learn system and everything else. Study film with coaches before fall practice. He was in the system last year, so he shouldn't have to pick up on too much. Right. And, I mean, look at him. He's played in 12 games for the Gamecocks since 2020. 2020, he didn't have a 281 yards, touchdown, 25 catches in 2020. Last year, I mean, I don't know how many touchdowns he had in the beginning of the season. I, I, feel, yeah. I, I feel certain he had at least two. He had one or two, I'm pretty sure. I say at least two, if not three, in the beginning of the season. But, I mean, he made some really incredible plays in some big-time games when you really needed them the most. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want is a guy that can be there when the pressure's on. So if they can get him back in this program, man, I mean, just think about the options that can open up. I mean, that's another deep threat guy. Yeah. You're going outside. You got your big-body guys with Josh Van, Xavier Leggett, you got your slot guys with Amirian Brown to carry on joining. Yep. Corey Rucker, Juice Wells. That's right. Juice Wells, that's another big body guy. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how everything goes. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm excited for it and can't wait. Yes, sir. But how about we uh, go up there to South Carolina's Week 2 opponent and talk about a little Arkansas Razorback news. Yes, sir. We got some news coming out of there this week down there in uh, Fayetteville, I do believe it is. Arkansas has announced that they are extending head coach Sam Pittman through the year 2026. And I got to say, if anybody deserved a damn extension, it is this man right here. Absolutely, man. Sam Pittman, one of the best in the league. Without a doubt. I mean, dude, you look at what he's done with Arkansas. 2017, 2018, 2019. I mean, Arkansas was nothing short of an absolute train wreck. It was awful. Yep. I mean, not only were they not really winning games, but, dude, there was not very many games they were competitive in. I mean, they were like the Vandy of the West. If not worse, dude, I think Vanderbilt could have told them probably several years ago. And he came in there in 2020, and, yeah, they – didn't have quite the record you'd wanted, but, dude, they played their asses off in every game they were in. And, I mean, so many games came down to the wire. The mm -hmm. team never gave up. Just showed fight the whole yeah. way through. Yeah, you saw heart. And then this past year, 2021, a lot of people was really predicting Arkansas to be a last, if not second, to the last in the West. 
And, dude, they came out swinging. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, they put a, they smacked a lot of people around, smacked a lot of teams in the mouth this past year. Seen them. They owned the state of Texas this past year. Yeah, they sure did. Texas A and M and the Longhorn—that's the best the state of Texas has to offer. Mm-hmm. Is those two schools? And yeah, Arkansas cut both their asses. Yeah, absolutely. Quite frank. Absolutely, man. I mean. Arkansas is one of these teams now that you cannot look over no matter what. And they're going to be be in the talk, you know, about who's going to lead the West. Absolutely. And at the same time, anything about now, they're they're coming off of an Outback Bowl win when just two years ago they were not even a relevant program in the nation period, let alone the SEC. Right. Two years later, you're winning the Outback Bowl. Yeah. That's a pretty prestigious bowl. That's a very prestigious bowl. It's a big game. And they won that thing. That, that See, now Pittman, it gets a little bit of the fog out around, clears the air a little bit. Because when he was first hired, I mean, he was hired basically on a contract. We're saying there's no promises. You're going to be here next year. And now to get this extension like he has and have this program going, I mean, this is going to make the guys believe in them more. Mm-hmm. Recruiting, it's going to show that this coach is here to stay. It's going to open up doors in the recruiting game. And if you're Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, you got all this crazy crap going on between them. You got Sam Pittman sitting there being quiet, just building a football program. Yep. Well, he, ain't, he ain't talking about it. He ain't, you know, being about it. He's just, he's just playing the ball game and getting his players ready. And the thing about his contract that I like is the contract expires on December 31st, 2026. The terms also include an automatic one-year extension through December 31st, 2027, if they win seven games at any point. Exactly, man. I mean, he finished the year ranked number 21 in the nation. When's the last time Arkansas finished the season ranked? I couldn't tell you. But... When he came in in 2020, he only won three games mm-hmm. in a 10-game SEC, full SEC slate. But before 2020, the Razorbacks had not won a single SEC football game since 2017. Goodness. That's two whole years without winning a single SEC football game. Mm-mm-mm. And then last year to finish the season number 21 in the nation in the regular season, win the Outback Bowl. I mean, talk about a turnaround, dude. Yeah, a big turnaround, big-time turnaround. I mean, how they started the year off last year, 4-0. I think they got ranked. They got all the way up to the top. I know they're in the top 15. I want to say they got around number 12 or something, number 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was pretty unbelievable last year. Yeah. And if I'm in the West, man, I you got – to be sitting here looking at this Razorback team, this is not a team anybody can sleep on. No. You can't not – even if you're in Alabama, you can't sleep on these Razorbacks. You just can't. I mean – Exactly. And I think the best part about Pittman is I remember when they asked him about the extension and all that, he said the simple fact is Arkansas is where I want to be. 
this is my dream job. Mm-hmm. When he was on staff there 2013 through 2015, he fell in love with the program. Knew right then that that was where he wanted to be. But he had to leave for a few years to go for coach the offensive line and be an associate head coach to Kirby Smart at Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then when the position came open, he came back. And, I mean, kind of sounds a lot similar to the whole Shane Beamer situation. But uh, <laughs> what I love about this is he is a former offensive line coach there. And if you watch an Arkansas football game, you can tell that's a major strong point with them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, just looking ahead at Arkansas – at their schedule, man. I mean, they've got quite a few marquee games. I mean, at week one, look who they play. Week one, Cincinnati. Yeah, they're just in the playoffs this past year. Yeah. So I mean, that's a challenge right off the rip. And then it looks like in week two they faced Bobby Petrino, which is a former Razorbacks head coach with Missouri State. And then they uh, play against Texas A&M in week four. So this isn't an easy schedule opening out for them. I mean, hell, week two, South Carolina. Yeah. You literally start the year off with a playoff team, SEC game. Then you got Missouri State, which is a little – should be a win. But then right back with Texas A&M, I mean, you got a tough four-game slate here. And, I mean, not to add some pressure on that, the Cincinnati Bearcats, they have not lost a regular season – Football game since 2019. 2019. Damn, three years ago. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Exactly, man. So it's tough. Yeah, tough. But if anybody can do it. I, I believe that they can. I hope they lose that week two game, but I believe they can. I believe they're a major dark horse for that SEC West. I feel oh, like they are right now. Absolutely. But. With all that being said, man, Razorback fans, there's going to be a lot of woo pig sueys going on this year. <laughs> yes, y'all got a lot to look forward to, and I can't wait to see the product y'all put on the field. I am hopeful for y'all. I really am. Yes, sir. But with all that being said, our last little piece of news here, before we talk about this Clemson spring game, we're going to talk about some ACC football championship odds. CBS Sports has released their best bets to win the conference. And they are predicting Clemson and North Carolina State to face off in the ACC championship. I mean, that's that's not a bad, bad pick at all. No, it's not. I, I can see it. I can see it. But I'm telling you what, they both got a lot of obstacles. They do. The they really do. And one obstacle is down there in Miami. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, Miami. I'm not going to predict them to win the ACC championship in Crystal Ball's first year. But could it be done? Yeah. Absolutely. I, th- I think it could. I'm not. I'm personally not going to call it. Well, I'll make my predictions known a little bit closer to season once we see what we've got, what we're working with, and, you know, what who's healthy and whatnot. But, uh, you know, right now, you know, 30 to 1 is not bad. But like Ben said, there's going to be a lot of obstacles in the way. There's going to be a lot of obstacles, man. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainties coming in this year. But 
thing about Clemson, man, is you got to make sure you don't slip up and lose a dumb one. You got to make sure you don't slip up and lose to a my Florida State. No. You don't want to lose Miami. No. Which I ain't done with you. You don't want to lose that one. <laughs> you don't want to give those Hurricanes no steam. Not at all. But, hell, the Tar Heels. Duke. I just – Clemson ain't playing Duke this year. No? In the regular season. I haven't looked at their schedule yet. No, uh-uh. They're not this year, which I thought was strange because that's always been a pretty that pump. Hell, Wake Forest. Yeah. Syracuse. Mm. Boston College. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. What? What? But Bring on beer. I just me personally, I think NBC man. I, th- I think you got it all wrong. I can see Clemson being there. I just don't know if you'll see NC State. I mean, hell, last year they was close. They was a couple seconds away in that damn NC State game. I mean, Wake Forest game from being there. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I can see North Carolina State being there. I can see Clemson being there. I can see a Wake Forest being there. I can see Miami being there. I mean, there's just there's just so much good talent in the ACC, man. It's really hard to, you know, and I get these are betting odds, and, you know, I wouldn't take those odds. Hmm. I just, man, I don't know. I mean, Virginia Tech's going to be a tough team, man. Miami's, Miami's going to be a tough team. Florida State, you just don't know. You don't ever know what the, what the hell they're going to do. I've sold my stock on Florida State. And even then, though, you don't ever know when they might have no. lost a couple upsets. No. And all fairness, who knows? Norville could get it together this year. I hope he does. I want to see Florida State back in – the limelight. I want to see the glory days again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I definitely would love to see Florida State get good again. Become more nationally relevant again, but... Absolutely, man. I mean, I want to hear the Seminole cry. Just bring everybody to shivers whenever you're the... Oh. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Also, you can't write off Mac Jones. Tar Heels. Can't write them off. I mean, you got a coach at that level. You never know what he can put together. Mac Jones? Who? Mac Jones. <laughs> oh, not Mac Jones. Damn it. Mac Brown. <laughs> shit. I do that shit every time. <laughs> you do. I got to pick on you about it. Excuse me, but Mac Brown and Tar Heels, man. I mean, you never know what they're going to do. They could very well be a damn good team. <laughs> NC State's got to play Duke. Yeah. You think Duke couldn't possibly pull off an upset? From what I've seen with Duke in the spring game, absolutely. I say, Mammy, this is very uncertain. You got some extremely talented players, but don't forget about Pitt, Syracuse. No, Pitt. I just, I don't know. I don't know that they'll be back without you know since they lost Kenny Pickett. But I mean, they're still a, a very relevant team. They are. They are. Syracuse can be very much, much improved. Mm-hmm. 
Especially with that new offense they got. Yeah. So. And then Louisville. Yeah. You can't count Malik Cunningham and those guys out. Marcus Satterfield and that team, man, he's at large. Yeah. ACC's wide open. It really is, man. That's what I love about the ACC. You've heard me say it time and time again. I just I don't know. I feel like this calling this championship game already, sir. I guess you got to, but I feel like they just closed their eyes and yeah. threw darts to the damn wall somewhere. I, I think so. Uh, that's about what you have to do. I mean, like I said, we'll have our our thoughts and opinions a little bit closer to season once we see what we're working with. But man, I don't know, man. The ACC. This is going to be exciting, exciting, exciting year. For the ACC and all teams involved. Should be. But, uh, hell, while we got Clemson fresh in our minds, man, why don't we go ahead and tell everybody about the film study? One thing I will say about this Clemson Tiger team, and being a South Carolina fan, it pains me to say, but that defense will be the reason that they were to make an ACC championship game. I'm telling you, man. Death, taxes, and Clemson having a good defense. That's about the biggest thing you can know for sure is going to happen. You can count. <laughs> you can count. I thought I was really concerned after Venables left to take the Oklahoma job. I said, man, that's going to be a lot to overcome losing the OC and your Fantastic DC in the same year. Right. But I mean hell the DC it took over. He's been a he's been on the staff working with the defense with Venables for I think four or five years now. Hey, I'll be honest with you. That defensive line Outstanding. Those linebackers. They got an edge player. What's his name? Is it Mario Williams? I think so. I don't really remember, but Mario, I can't remember. He's the whole damn defensive line. They got an edge rush is fantastic, but the whole defensive line is just linebackers are outstanding. Linebackers look much improved, but that secondary, holy cow! Yeah, they've done a one eighty. Yeah, last really the last two years, honestly, secondary is a little bit of a liability. Yep, for Clemson and. That's not the case right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the three games that Clemson lost last year was due to that secondary being questionable. Yeah. I, I got to admit with that, man. I got to agree with you. But unfortunately, though, the offense is still, for whatever reason, not clicking. But I will say, hear me out. They had a lot of offensive linemen that were not in the game. A lot of offensive linemen that weren't in the game, plus your starting running backs weren't in the game. Will Shipley. Yep. Was not in the game. So for what it's worth, I think we have not seen the Clemson offense. As good as what it can be. I think it's going to be – it's not going to set the world on fire, but I think it's still going to be – Improvement over last year. You look at the way they came on towards the end of the season last year. It looked good. But with that being said, I think you also can still look into and expect some inconsistency. 
Very much so. From our old favorite, the U-Man, DJ Uliungale. Uliungale. He did look better in the spring game to me than he did last season. He looked like he has worked hard in the offseason. He threw some passes out there, man, that was second to none. Yeah, they were beautiful passes. He also showed a little bit more pre-snap reads. Pre-snap reads. He also showed more of a maturity when it comes to throwing the ball away. Yeah, he was a lot smarter with ball placement instead of trying to force throws. One thing I will say about him, though, that I've noticed, is it just me? I didn't say it the other night. But is it just me, or does he actually throw the ball better and look better when he's on the move than he does sitting still in the pocket? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I mean, when he is on the run, the boy is deadly, deadly accurate. When he's got time to sit in the pocket and think about it, that's more when your overthrows happen or, you know, when your bad placements happen or, you know, that, that that's when you say, oh, no, here we go again. He reads a little too much. Yeah. But yeah. his pre-snap reads were outstanding. I mean, how many times did you see him walk up pre-snap, walk up, point out to the offensive line, point out the blitzes that were coming, everything else adjusting. As soon as the ball snapped, you would see him literally roll out the pocket opposite side of the oncoming mm-hmm. blitz. The pre-snap reads were really, really impressive, and that really stood out to me with him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. But special teams play. <laughs> I thought I thought Dabo was going to have a damn seizure. I, I, I thought he was going to stroke out. <laughs> I thought he was going to pull over Meyer and drop kick the kicker. <laughs> I, mean, I think he developed a stutter a couple of times. <clears throat> yes, sir. That was Urban Meyer. <laughs> We've seen a kicker get drop kicked on national TV. And I would have had to laugh. Oh, man. I mean, you what was it? Two punts that he dropped? Two snaps? Yeah. And around their own end zone. And then there was another one that was blocked. Mm-hmm. But, hell, one of them, he had the ball. Took two steps, went to punt, and just, I don't know what happened. He just, boop, the ball just <laughs> fell. Just fell out of his hands after he already had it. He had some popcorn over there on the bench. I don't know what the hell happened. It was, <laughs> it was one of the goofiest looking damn things I've seen in the spring game. I felt bad for you on me. I said, what, what, what the hell was that? <laughs> I think Dabo almost looked up and said, what the hell was that? <laughs> I think he actually did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always a good time, man. I'm not a Clemson fan, but it's always one thing's for sure. You watch a Clemson spring game, you're going to stay entertained. I'll give you that. Yeah. And one thing I cannot deny is that head coach they got, Dalvin Sweeney, that's one of the most high-energy coaches I believe I have ever seen in all honesty. One of the most entertaining. I mean, he's just full of energy, very, very upbeat. To have a conversation with the commentators and sit there and be pointing out running the team and everything at the same time like he was at first, I was a little concerned saying, dude, he's, you pointed out to me saying, he's talking a little too much to TV. Then when I first saw I kind of thought the same thing. But then you listen to him, he's talking to the commentators in the same sentence, telling a player what to do on the field, what to adjust, what he needs to do with this, what he needs to do with that. Very, 
very very precise he doesn't it's not you think he would miss play a lot but nothing's getting past him out there no not at all man it's like he's got eyes at the back of his hips so. and like I said the dude's just full of high energy he really is not my favorite coach out there by that means well I mean me either me either me well, a South Carolina fan I can't you know I'm not going to say that I can't stand Dabo but I have developed a hell of a whole lot of respect for Dabo I about to say I have I don't necessarily like him but I respect the living hell out of the guy yep I mean there's something he does that football team I don't know what it is but I'm seeing a lot of the same similarities with Shane Beamer lately but he's the way he brings a team together out there they just they always look very well organized, but they just all look like they know what each one of them's thinking or something. It's, it looks just like a well-oiled machine that everybody is playing for the man beside them. They re- it doesn't look like there's a me thing going on out there. Yeah. The Carolina fan of me absolutely hates seeing it. But the football fan in me, the person that has a love for the game like I have, It's damn near admirable. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 100% agree with that. I mean, it's it's really impressive. It really is. And you would think, you know, spirits would be down after losing two coordinators and having a majority of their team go to the draft or graduating. I mean, you lost what seemed to be a 10-year guy Strowski or Skowski. But that defense, man, hasn't missed a step. No, no, they haven't missed a half anything. They look like they might have even improved a little bit, which is scary because they were yeah. they were outstanding last year. The offense, the receiving core, looks much better this year. It really does. Much better. And I mean, your backup running back, he did a lot of good things out there, made a lot of good plays, the offensive line. Even then, with all the players being out, yeah, you gave up some sacks. There were some errors here and there, but at the same time, they had a kid that was still in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, he was an early enrollee. Yep. It's still high school age, basically. He was supposed to be a senior in high school. Yep. Supposed to have been going to his prom. Or no, no, he was supposed to be a junior in high school. Foregone his uh, senior season. That's what it was. And he was going up against the best, arguably the best defensive end in the nation. There's a couple plays where he got blown up. But there's also a couple plays where he made some extremely impressive blocks and looked like a damn four-year starter. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in iron sharpens iron. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. I don't know how to call it, man. I mean, the only thing that scares me about this Clemson team, like you said, is the inconsistency of quarterback. But if they can get that worked out, I mean, they very well could be back in the playoffs next year. And, I mean, they got the young quarterback in there. Um, Oh, shit, what the hell's his name? 
No, you're talking now. Kate Klovnik. Yeah, Klovnik. Kate Klovnik. You got a young quarterback and a true freshman. Got a ton of talent. You can tell he's got a lot of natural talent. He has yep. the number one dual threat quarterback in the nation. Yep, but he still very much looks raw. Very, very green. But if you give him a season to sit behind Uli Ungle, man, he could. Yep. Could, could be special. He has, you see it out there, he has a ton of potential. I mean, tremendous arm strength. Tremendous arm strength. He's very mobile, too. Yep. He's just got to learn to settle down a little bit. Yeah. But I think you'll see an improved Clemson team from last year. I think you will, too. Will they go undefeated? I'm not going to say that. I think you're still going to see them drop one, possibly two regular season games. Mm -hmm. They could lose three. They could. But I think you're going to see a more improved team. I don't see three losses. It's possible. It is possible. It's possible, but I think you'll see a one, two loss team. And I think you can very well see them contending for that ACC title at the end of the year. Yes, sir. I agree with you. Yes, sir. But uh, with all that being said, man, you got anything else you want to touch on? No, man. I don't think I have anything else. I'm just ready for the next one, ready to – Talk a little bit more football, bring some more news out to y'all. That's right, that's right. We're going to try to get a little bit better each week with y'all, bringing more breaking news to you. Like I said, we're going to keep going through these spring games, touching on the film throughout the rest of the offseason. Give you our opinions, things you can look for, see this upcoming season. I mean, realistically, man, we're two months away from fall practice. Yeah. A little less than two months away, actually. We're, what, about a month and a half away from uh, uh, SEC days. SEC media days. ACC media days is around the same time also. Yep. So, what an exciting time. Yes, sir. Very, very exciting, man. I can't wait for it. As well as I'm sure that you can't wait for it either. No, sir. No, sir. That's a fact. That being said, y'all, check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, First and Goal. Be sure to hit that follow button, like us, subscribe to us on the podcast episode, Stitcher, and uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll be coming back with some YouTube for you here in the not-too-far future. Oh, yeah, probably within the week. Yep. I got to find the damn GoPro wherever the hell I put it. <laughs> <laughs> Bought some new SIM cards. I can't find the damn GoPro. <laughs> But uh, with all that being said, y'all, until next time, we appreciate it. Keep those drinks cold, and let's keep those chains moving. See y'all later.